We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. One-ish month from spring training. Can you feel it in the air? Logan was just in Florida, so he probably he's probably ready to go. He he's still got that that Florida humidity in his, in his bones for for spring training. But Scott, can you start to feel it? Yeah, man, we got some uh, you know some unseasonably uh, or warm weather. We have warm weather. <laughs> Whatever the hell that's called. We're going to be a weather a podcast now. Let's just focus on the weather. Warm um, we weather. Weather.com. Yeah. Susan Waldman's app told me warm weather. And whenever I have warm weather in a cold, uh, cold season, it gets me excited. And I want to, uh, to watch grown ass men throwing a ball back and forth in their, uh, in their PJs. It's going to be great. The best is when you get those like January, February days that are 58 degrees and sunny. And then opening day in April is always like, 41 and raining and you're like and windy as hell what the hell guys come on but uh so the the really the the leading news story for the yankees over the past week is is not good it's frankie montes is going to miss the the start of the season with uh, shoulder inflammation this is raise your hand if you're if you're shocked by this news raise your hand it's it's honestly uh just getting worse and worse for cashman and montes in this trade because with how it went down in the second half of last year, when he comes over, you trade for a guy that you know is injured, even if even if he never went on the IL. Like I think we now know that Oakland was getting him back on the mound solely to trade him. And I have to imagine he went through physical and the Yankees training staff checked him out and all that stuff. And maybe they just looked the other way because... They needed to get the deal done. They wanted the Montes to work. They needed him to be the number two starter on this team. But damn, has it gone bad for this trade? Yeah, I, I wonder how much of this was actually 
again, I'm just trying to find some, some, some positive, um, some positive parts of this trade at the assessment point, right? That's cause that's, that's where I'm baffled is at the assessment point, whether the medicals were, were done and, and like you mentioned, look the other way, or they just felt differently or, or is it, is it that they were, you know, whatever they could get from a guy that had inflammation because everything is inflammation, no structural damage. I think that has to be what it was, because if we look at the timeline, we we've, we did this last year when he went back on the IL in September, but the timeline it, May 21st of last year, he took a line drive off the pitching hand and he didn't miss a start. That's seemingly unrelated, but I don't know, maybe it's got something to do with everything. Then on July 3rd, he leaves after one inning with shoulder tightness and he does not pitch again until July 26th, which is the, the one start he made for Oakland before the trade deadline. He did not go on the IL in that time. The MRI revealed shoulder inflammation, but no structural damage. So I have to imagine if the MRI is showing shoulder inflammation on you know July 4th or July 5th or whenever he had th- this MRI in that time span, when the Yankees did their assessment of him after they traded for him on the August 1st or the July 31st deadline, I mean, you had to see something, right? Because then um, uh, a month and a half later, September 20th, he goes back on the IL with shoulder with a shoulder injury. And then the MRI revealed uh, shoulder inflammation again. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. He had a cortisone shot. And then for some reason, which we questioned at the time, they're getting him back for the ALCS in a, in a relief role. I'm like, how is him coming back for the ALCS having not pitched for a month pitching in relief? How is that a better option than anyone that you can find for the bullpen? And it's not a better we've we learned it wasn't a better option. Like part of me has to imagine that was not good for his recovery. Yeah, I, I don't know. But the bigger thing to me is, is, you know, did they make this trade because they felt good about it for 2023 and whatever they could get in 2022, understanding that it was inflammation and all there was, there was no, no damage. So rest was, was needed. And if they did bring him back, you know, too soon and the inflammation flared up again, that it again, wouldn't be as big of a deal. They would have the rest of the off season to figure that out, but he would be a guy that they could get, um, at their cost, whatever that whatever that cost was that they they believed was a good value, you know, for the 2023 season as well. So that I don't know, man. It's like the fact that he's going to be out for an entire month, uh, which you know is probably not accurate. It's probably going to be longer than that. Usually, these things are are more, you know, uh, have a have a longer time frame. Especially, you know, anything can happen in the ramp up period. You don't know what's going to happen in that ramp up period, and. Obviously, inflammation has come back. So, you know, who's to say it's not going to come back and be re-aggravated again? Yeah, and then when he's back, what kind of pitcher is he going to be? Is he going to be the the pretty bad pitcher that the Yankees got when they had him? Or is he going to be an all-star level Cy Young candidate that he was for Oakland? I have no confidence he's going to well, be. Well, I mean, I don't think we've seen the pitcher. real Frankie Montas because of the injury. Because of injury. So, that's what I'm yeah. saying. So it's like if this is a lingering injury, I guess going back to the regular season is is now meaningless just right. why rush him back after a month just get him fully healthy for the second half and and you know that might be the the time frame to have him fully healthy is that month into the season because he's had the whole offseason uh you know he had he's had plenty of time to 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 rest something there's not like there's been a, a surgery or, or any kind of a procedure there so uh he should be fine and that maybe that extra month is that is that buffer zone and and you know it could also be part of it where you know let's limit his innings let's limit the amount of pitches on right. his arm for the full season so let's just hold him out for that month in the beginning of the season we don't have to answer too many questions about the the injury or anything like that 
If if the over under was set at nineteen and a half starts for Montes this year, are you taking over or under? I'm taking under. Nothing. Under, nothing. Under nothing. I have seen. So that's mo- that's more than a month because a full season is about yeah. 30, 31 starts. A month is four or five starts. So you're saying he's going to miss two plus months? I'm not saying he's going to miss that. I'm saying that I haven't well, you're seen saying anything you that tells me he's under. not. You're saying yeah. Well. There's nothing, nothing you can show me that says he's going to, you know, be a guy that's going to throw 150 innings. Like it's just, it's not. God, that's the new. I, except for Zips, you look at Zips; they have well, very favorable projections. That's that was done before the injury news. Uh, the 150 innings, like that's the new benchmark that we're all holding, holding ourselves to. That's kind of sad, isn't it? It's like used to be 200 innings. Then I was like, ah, if you get to 180, 175, 180, like that's a, that's a really durable season. I was like, just give me 150, please. But I mean, if he's fully healthy, I'm I'm looking for a season well over 150. I know. So it's really the health concerns that that but play into that number. Rodone and and Cole at 200 innings. We've seen starters. Can you guys look up? Uh, what I don't think Rodone's ever topped 200 innings. I mean, it's close to that level is what I'm expecting from those two guys. I mean, he's had his injury problems as well. And then sure. I mean, Cole's durable. Like that's the best thing about Cole that I can say. <laughs> Knock on wood, please. Most in his career, 178. He's not He's not pitching 200. So I think you're looking at 175, 180 for Radon, and then 200 plus from Cole. And that's fine. Again, this, I'm not saying this is bad. That's out of your, your it's one. It's just the new normal of what you're looking for. It's the new barometer. Out of your one and your 1A. Are we calling Radon a two or a 1A? I'm just going to call him a two because that's what he is on this team. Okay, so Nestor's the one. Radon's the two. Yeah, right. Cole is the the three or the four. He's he's the three until he if he cleans up those um those you know fifth and sixth innings he could potentially go up to uh to, okay so to, he's to fight three. for that two spot. Se- Sevi, we should we should we we should keep a running list. We should do a graphic like just rank them throughout the season. Like yeah, start of the season, Nestor's number one because that's where he finished last year. It's like the subway until, race. It's like yeah, the subway it's race. The subway we'll, race just, we'll just put the we'll just put a number on them and act them make them uh, make them like okay. I like that. That, that. Ilya, that's a that's a good graphic that we can keep going because even though Cole's going to be the opening day starter and Radon's going to start the second game of the season and Nestor's going to start the third, in my opinion. You finished Nestor finished the season as the best Yankee starter last year. Until he's dethroned as the best Yankee starter, he, he's got to be the number one on the graphic at least. So yeah, so maybe we have it as a uh, in our hearts. This is this is in our hearts and minds, not not necessarily what. Uh, of course, Aaron of course, Boone, it's in our hearts and minds. One of the the sixth most handsome manager. What he what he thinks, and do you know what, what the does. best part of this graphic is going to be? Is that when it's posted, people flipping their shit that Nestor's number one, Radon is number two, and Cole is yeah. number three. How could you put Cole as a number three? Comments algorithm, maybe. Let's go. Can't wait. So who should who should get the the time in the rotation with Montes missing one or two or whatever time? I mean, who? It's uh, it's. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight in the in spring training, which which I always appreciate. I, I want a good uh, spring training battle. We can circle that one. Fifth starter, spring training battle. I love that. Um, but you know, I think that there's a there's a, there's a few guys that are going to be going after it. But it's Herman's job to lose, probably. It um, is Herman's job to lose. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking about this. It's like, do you want to use the time? for seeing what you have out of Schmidt. 
because they've never given him really like an extended run. Like, I think we know what Domingo Herman can be as a starting pitcher. And, and it's it's been he's been pretty good. Like Herman has been really good. Not really good, but like, you know, he's been he's been solid, reliable as a number five starter. I think that's that's good for the Yankees going into next year. But I don't I don't know that we need to f- see that. I think if we could see what Clark Schmidt can do, you can always transition back to Domingo Herman. Yeah, you could. But what are you going to do with Herman in the meantime? Put him in the bullpen as yeah. a, I mean, in the look, the first month of the season, you need a guy that is going to help swing because you're not going to get the length out of starting pitchers. So there, you know, there could be a, a six starter um, for that first month. They've done it in the past where, where yep. they've they've used more guys. So you could see both of them. You could see Herman. Um, and you could see Clark Schmidt and, and then, you know, whoever looks the best at that point, have them fully stretched out and and ready to go. I, I love, I think Clark Schmidt is, has a higher ceiling. Um, he, he, the, the way that he throws the repertoire that he has, I think he's got, um, some, some very good ability. So I would love for him to get, you know, a quote shot at that starting rotation and, and keep him stretched out as long as possible. But I think that's, what's going to happen. You're going to see a sixth man. Uh, that gets that gets, you know, sprinkled in there for the first month plus, just to keep the guys fresh. And especially because Herman doesn't have options, Clark has options. So you're probably going to start with Herman, and then who knows? There could always be another injury or a skip start here or there or whatever you need. So that's going to give them the flexibility. I would just at, at this point, it's like shit or get off the pot with Clark Schmidt. Yeah. I mean, you you could say that with Herman too, that without any options. No, exactly I don't think it's <laughs> because we know what Herman is. He's gotten extended time in the rotation multiple times before. He's he's a number five starter that has yeah, but that's upside to a he's number gonna four. He's going to be that guy. He's going to have to be that guy. I know or he's, he's not on the team. So it's literally shit or get off the pot for him because of the options. Yeah. All right. Well, it's probably going to be Herman, like you said, unless Clark Schmidt has a a really great spring training in Herman. Looks terrible, but yeah, with the Montes thing, it, it's 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 a, a little bit of a damper going into the season because I think the rotation, everyone, you know, lining up those five guys was so was so nice to look at. Like I can't remember the last time on paper they had such a nice five man rotation. I don't know. That just I just stopped talking. I, if you want, <laughs> okay. if you wanted to, if you wanted I thought to, you jump lost in. me. I thought you lost me on that one. I was like, I, I was trying to. I was like, ah, I don't really have anything else to say about that. Let's move on. We're going to talk about Yankee Zips projections. They came, these came out maybe two weeks ago, and we've had Dan Zimborski on the pod in the past to talk about these. He's not on today's pod, unfortunately, but he's always fun to talk to. Um, and basically, what what these projections are is using historical data, player comps. Uh, for for a lot of guys, I, I think a lot of the offensive player comps are interesting. We'll go through those, but basically comes up with projected stats for each player and each Yankees position. And I I wanted to call out a couple uh, that I that I found interesting, both positive and negative. The first one they've got Judge projected at forty six home runs and a and a two eighty batting average. That that sounds like a great season. Obviously, when you compare it to his whatever three ten batting average, sixty two home runs, it doesn't look quite as good. But like, what is what are fans going to feel about a two eighty forty six homer season out of Judge after coming off of last year and coming off the big contract? Well, I mean, people have to get their expectations in line. I know with with this. So um, if they are if they are not happy with a a two eighty uh, forty six home run season, then you know 
check your pulse because that's a that's a that's a damn good season. There's a lot of things that will play could play into that. Um, I I do think that I mean that 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 would be a relatively decent drop off for a guy that is um, you know has been consistent with his power. So I mean it is a it is a significant drop off from what what he was because he set the bar so high. But I'm not going to be upset. I think he's going to be you know in the 50s probably with his home run total. Um, and then, you know, 280 is, is, is close to, I think without the shift also that the, we the might see up, is, an uptick in batting average actually. We, yeah. And that's something I didn't really notice in here because on Rizzo, they've got him at a 236 batting average, which is in an uptick from last year, 224. But I don't know how much the shift is impacting these projections. I think that's probably really hard to do on judge with you saying home runs in the fifties. I I think there's a real chance, though, he just sees a lot fewer pitches to hit this year. And he's walking a crap ton. His on-base percentage is 415 or 420. And so the home runs are 45-46, which is still amazing. But we just see him walking a lot. And and I think he will take that approach as he's not chasing the home runs, as we said. Part of our resolutions this year were, judge, stay within yourself. Keep keep that plate discipline. That That's what makes you, that's what made him the best hitter last year was the plate discipline and then when the pitcher came in the zone he made them he punished them but i think he'll just take a ton of walks yeah it depends on the lineup around him that's the biggest thing is if he if we have um you know lemayhu in there if we have stanton in there uh rizzo is going to be you know obviously protecting him there's there's a lot of protection so you know without the um if those guys are all healthy, I still think he's going to see pitches. But but yeah, he's going to have to take his walks. He's going to have to. It's not going to be anything like we saw at the end of the season. You'll see that. You'll see that in uh, in higher leverage games and higher leverage situations, and probably later in the year. But you know, the first half of the year, he's probably going to be able to feast. These guys are going to attack him in the first half of the year. Or pitchers will say, "I'm going to make Rizzo and Stanton behind you beat me because I know you'll beat me. You've proven you'll beat pitchers. Right. So make those other guys beat beat me." I mean, that's I think that's the general game plan anyway going into a game. But if he's if he's there sitting in that leadoff spot, or, or if even I he's hope in, he's like, not leadoff. I, I, I hope he's not leadoff too. Even I, though I, I think they have enough people, so even though Lemayhu's not going to start the season, probably. Um, what like I don't want to see Judge lead off. I, I I figure out another solution for lead off. I don't yeah. know what that solution is, but Harrison Rizzo, Bader, Rizzo Bader, maybe they'll run back Bader after his postseason performance. That's true, but yeah. I, I I wouldn't even hate Rizzo Having Judge Bader in front of Judge is is something that I really like a lot. Yeah, on Bader, the Zips projections are not great. One hundred four OPS plus, barely above league average, which has basically been his career is just league average or slightly above or below. We're all hoping it's not that because they need him to be better than that, I think. But this isn't too high on him. Let me ask you a question. If you have Aaron Judge uh, hanging out in the in the on-deck circle, Harrison Bader's up at the plate. You think Harrison Bader's going to get a lot more pitches over the plate? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I think so that's what we saw. Be in when... a position, he's going to be in a position to have... A hell of a year. Whoever is in that leadoff spot will have a, a what? hell of a position because you're not going to be able to walk Judge if that person gets on. Uh, so you you got to throw strikes. You got to be you got to play to that guy and and attack whoever that leadoff spot is. That's why I like also having Judge in that two spot. It does protect the leadoff guy. My recollection of the playoffs were that Bader started leading off at some point in that Cleveland series and was leadoff pretty much the rest of the way. Right? 
Or or did they still flip-flop him back and forth, Ilya, if you could just check out some of those lineups? I think it was game four, Bader got moved up to the leadoff spot in Cleveland. And then uh, I, I can't remember if they kept him there. But yeah, I think batting ahead of Judge, you definitely see more pitches to hit. But if, you, if you're not hitting them, then then that's a problem. And this is saying Bader's not going to hit them because he's not really been a great hitter his career. But I'm I'm hopeful on Bader. On so interesting. I, I just mentioned Rizzo Stanton. I was surprised at this. So they've got Stanton projected at a 119 OPS plus, which is fine. It's 19% better than the league average. But I'm just I'm just I guess conditioned to think when Stanton's in the lineup, he's he's 40 to 50% better than a league average hitter. Like a one and yeah, his 2017 to 2021 OPS plus was 145. I know there's a lot of injuries in there, but OPS plus doesn't, it's not a, it's not a counting stat. It's a rate stat. So when you're on the field, he's going to, in my opinion, be performing last year he had a 113 OPS plus really good in the first half, really bad in the second half. I think he's better than one, 119. And I think we get better than 119 this year from Stan. Yeah, no, I, I agree too. I think that he's, um, I, I really one. I think that he's, he's an integral part of, of how, um, one where judge lines up in in uh in the lineup where they put him if he's healthy if he's if he's hitting at a more consistent level the protection there obviously Rizzo is going to be behind judge most likely um but but Stanton is such a key cog there to to help him out so if he's got improved numbers if that OPS plus number that we're uh that we're seeing is is improving like it's it, it completely changes the lineup but again like that, that all of those things you have a former MVP a guy that can um, you know, hit the ball harder than anybody in the major leagues. That's that's back there protecting Judge as well. You're gonna have to pitch to him. You pick your poison. So it, it is important that he gets off to a good start. I think. So Bader was leading off games two and four of the ALCS. Glaber got most of the time at leadoff, which I do not like at all because Glaber's on base percentage is trash. Zips has him at a three twenty four on base percentage this year. I'd take that, take that to the bank because I think he's probably hovering around a 300 on base percentage. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you were talking about Glaber, right? The Glaber's. Glaber. So funny enough, Glaber's the only guy that they haven't come to a deal with. Uh, which, and I know there's a lot of potential speculation out there that he's been on the block, kind of. Uh, you know, for the last year. Uh, they're with talking with the Marlins with his his name in there. I think second base is probably the one area that you can you can look at and say, hey, we probably have some guys to fill this spot. Um, and uh, and he's an interesting one to do. But but yeah, his his number needs to get better. He he came on a little bit more towards the end of the season. I think that we're kind of riding a uh, you know trying to catch lightning in a bottle where everybody was was just not performing at the plate towards the end of the year except for Aaron Judge. They had to find someone to actually come in there and and make something happen in front of him so that Judge wasn't just hitting solo home runs or or getting on base to just be stranded. They had to get something going, but yeah, they need Glaber. Glaber doesn't have to be the 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 biggest on-base guy. Just don't put him in a position where he has to be that. He's exactly. not that. Exactly. Don't put him in a position that he's a fish out of water. He's not a leadoff hitter. No, he's not. And and, and so he shouldn't be hitting leadoff. I don't really want him hitting at the top of the lineup. Him, I think for a while we imagined him as the number two hitter, but the plate discipline has just not been consistent enough. No, he goes he goes through way too many peaks and valleys, and the and the valleys are not good. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Oswaldo Cabrera, definitely not good on these projections. 229, 286, 394, an 87 OPS plus. And again, I just want to state a caveat here. These projections are assuming a full season at the major league level. It's not saying everyone's going to get full major league level playing time because that's impossible, but this is what they would do if they got full season at the major league level. And that's, so the zips, for people that don't know zips as well, I, one of my big questions coming into this thing too, and just for, uh, just so that you can look at, there's a, if you look at the zips projections, they go, they go pretty deep into the minor leagues as well. And those guys are all projected, like Andrew said, into the major leagues and what, what would happen, which I don't know what that really tells you at the end of the day, because some of these guys are not ready for that. So I'm not sure, um, yeah. really what that says for me, when you start getting down into guys that, that are just not ready for the major leagues yet, it's, it's kind of a, a you know, but it's a, it's an exercise that doesn't do a lot for me when you start getting into some, some lower some lower guys, but it's interesting when you see the fringe guys and you see a guy that like Cabrera, who is going to contribute at a, at a pretty high level this year, he's going to be flexed around, might be our starting left fielder for all we know. Um, so it's, it's cool to see guys like that within these projections to see how they can go out. And I love, I love the comps, seeing the comps because there's so many obscure players that they, that they, uh, that they'll pull out too, just because of the, uh, the statistics that match. It's interesting. Yeah. The comps Aaron judge. So there's three comps for each player. Aaron judges comps. The first one is Pedro Guerrero. I had to look up Pedro Guerrero. He was, he was a pretty good hitter in like the seventies and eighties. Isn't he related to Vlad? Is he related to Vlad? I, 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 this is my memory from baseball cards when I was a kid. 
to be honest. And uh, I, I want to say it's it, potentially a brother, potentially a cousin, potentially not related at all. A brother to Vlad? That wouldn't line up timing-wise, I don't think. Anyway. I don't know. Somebody Jack, call me out on this if I'm way off. The second one is Jack Forner, who I had never heard of, but had a really, really great career. It just happened in like the 1910s and, tw- and, and teens. So, okay, fine. Third comp, Mickey Mantle. Heard of him. Yeah. So is the is the first hit comp, is it does it go by like closest? I believe closest, it goes by closest? closest. I believe it goes by closest. Okay. Yeah. I don't quite understand <laughs> that. You have to look at the numbers. Uh it's there's they take it over what what sample size? Well, I don't know if it's even closest because Anthony Volpe's got some really intriguing comps here. His first comp is Adrian Beltre. Sign me up. Anthony Volpe, mm-hmm. if he turns into Adrian Beltre offensively, okay, we've got something. But then you see Danny Tartable as their Danny Tartable. So Danny Tartable. Explain, explain that one. Si- of Seinfeld fame. Yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, some of the comps are, are crazy. Josh Donaldson's got a I Robin hate comp, and I want to trade him right now. <laughs> Hold on. Glaber, uh, Neil Walker, not, not a Neil Walker guy. Uh, it just doesn't. No, that's not Marcus who I want Giles. To Marcus Giles. Yeah. No. 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 Cardi Lansford. Cool. I would take, but Cardi Lansford and and Glaber do not. They, they don't. I mean, I guess the hiccup. From what I remember about Cardi Lansford, it was that he was a had had a much more bat control. So Os, Oswald Peraza has a Chad Curtis comp, which I I feel nobody like wants need, a Chad Curtis. Comp. Yeah, I feel like that should just be canceled. Chad Curtis needs to be erased <laughs> from the baseball archives, along with John Wetland. Um. For, for there was another one, oh, Rafael Ortega, who I mean, I know that was a, a recent addition, but like, I don't know how much time we're going to see him. He's got two comps that are interesting Pat Kelly, people remember that name, and then he's got DiMaggio comps. It's just too bad it's the wrong DiMaggio, it's Dom DiMaggio. I mean, still, still you're, you know, being in the family, it's in Dom the blood. DiMaggio, nice little, nice little comp still for uh, a guy that most people have never heard of. Do we have uh, an you- answer on Guerrero? Was that a a relative, Ilya? Yeah, Scott made that up. Well, it's not this guy <laughs> because this guy's older than No, five. but maybe it's named after his brother or his uncle or a cousin. I feel Just like saying. I feel like Google would tell us if that's a relative, but anyway. Hey, got a question for you, Scott. Do you know what January 13th was? Um, oh, happy new year, Andrew. Well, that that's true. January 13th was the deadline to wish people a happy new year, but that's not what I'm talking about here. I did get some happy new years, by the way. Uh, Good. The I'm very happy about that. Good which I about. didn't even, I wasn't even mad about because that means people are listening to the show. So thank you. January 13th was National Quitters Day. Yeah. It's where everyone quits on their resolution. They give, give it a, almost a two week, almost a two week run. Not quite two weeks. Can't, can't go full two weeks. 13 days. You want to know the best way to combat that? Start on January 13th. That's Fuck right. The system. You, Fuck the system. You can't quit on January 13th if you start on January 14th. I like right. it. That's Just, a hack. Yeah, that's it. Well, if part of your New Year's resolution was to start drinking athletic greens, I hope you did not quit on January 13th because it is really not hard to do. You wake up, you dump a scoop in, you put some water in, you shake up the bottle. It's a daily supplement that you drink every single morning. It's packed with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Some of the many benefits include 
It supports mental clarity and alertness, promotes gut health with pre and probiotics, and give you better sleep quality and recovery, and it even boosts your energy. Every serving of AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial flavoring. It's also affordable, especially when you compare it to buying energy drinks or buying going out to buy coffee every day, or if you're trying to buy individual vitamins and supplements, that's going to cost you 10x what Athletic Greens does. If you're like me, it's easy and efficient. It, it's something that you can stick to every single morning. I've, I'm on like a three-month run or whenever we started sponsoring Athletic Greens back, back in the fall. I'm on like a three-month run. I haven't missed a day. It has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is trusted by athletes and health experts around the world. You can try it out. Go to athleticgreens.com slash pinstripes for a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. Again, go to athleticgreens.com slash pinstripes. Thank you to everyone who has bought it with our link, and thank you to Athletic Greens for sponsoring. Scott, so one thing we did not mention on the Zips Predictions was Volpe. If if he plays a full season, two thirty four. Well, we mentioned his comp of of Adrian Beltre, right? And Danny Tartable, but yeah, numbers uh, one hundred on the dot OPS plus. If Volpe is the starting shortstop this year, like they they have the battle in spring, he wins it. They they play him and they stick with him, and he's exactly a league average offensive player. How are we going to feel about that? As a rookie, completely fine. Completely fine. The, the, he's not going to come out and be an all-star. If he if he were to do that, he would blow any expectation out of the water. So but there's although precedent. he's a highly touted prospect, again, I, you, I've talked about the you know how important expectations are for for years now. They're one of the more important mental exercises that you can go through is to limit and to to make sure that your expectations are in line and make sure they're not crazy because that will make for you to have a very frustrating season if you have expectations out of out of whack a guy like volpe who's coming up hasn't hasn't had a ton of play in in triple a even um you know the odd not the odds on favorite to start in the major leagues i think peraza is probably that guy just because of the major league um uh, service time and you know the 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 amount of time he's gotten in the minor leagues. If he were to come up here and be a league average guy, Volpe, I'm talking about, I would be I would be very happy. I would be I would be I'd be very happy. So I would be disappointed, but that's not to say that his career is shot, right? Because plenty of guys come up to the major leagues, get their feet wet, are pretty average, and then go on to have awesome careers. But yeah. I think it would be a disappointment because when he's this highly touted of a, of a prospect, if he's going to get full major league playing time and your league average, you're not getting any rookie of the year votes. And I feel like a shit about rookie of the year votes. If you're not one of the best rookies in the league, I think that's going to be a disappointment. Like there's precedent for this too. Glaber Torres comes up in May of 2018, and he's a rookie of the year candidate. He finished third in rookie of the year. Awesome. How's that working OPS plus. I know it's not working out great. I just what said about it Gary Sanchez, the guy that we won't name on this on this podcast. He was Babe Ruth. He Listen, was better than Babe Ruth for half of a season. I said it will not mean anything long-term for his career. It's not going to affect my opinion long-term on his career. I still think you could have a league average season next year and go on to have a great career. All I'm saying is I would be a little disappointed if he's just average next year and if he gets a full season of playing time. If that kid is out there on a on a relatively daily basis, they give him a shot and he comes up and 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 adjusts to the major leagues and puts up a league average with, you know, with uh 
with with an improving stat line. Like I, I just want to see the kid get better and and be able to handle adversity, different things like that for him to get in uh, in in his first year. So I, I guess that's 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 where I am. Like I don't need to see rookie of the year for 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 me to say, okay, this guy has a real shot to be a uh, a very good major leaguer. There's plenty of guys who do not start out of the gates completely hot and and you look at Aaron Judge. Judge came up and was striking out at a 50% clip when he first came up in in 16. Yeah. He re, redid his swing, he worked on certain things and we've seen what the product of that is. So you do not need to be a fast starter to to have a successful career and you know for anybody who who has that expectation for that for for this kid. One, I think it's unfair and and two, it's just it's just not real. It's just not accurate for for how career trajectory works for most people. Um there are plenty of rookie of the year winners that have fizzled out to to, to I know nowhere. I know. On the pitching front, I feel like looking at the Zips pitching projections are less fun than the than the position player ones. I, I I'm I'm struggling to even find like an interesting one to talk about. They have I got an interesting one. Okay. The interesting one for me is 104 innings pitched for Luis Severino. That's that's what's interesting to me. That that to me means this guy is not not going to be playing for a significant portion of the season, and that that's not what we're expecting. That's not what I'm expecting. Speak talking about expectations. The, he's supposed to be walking in the door here healthy. You know, we're we're, we're coming in now with a season of a, of a fully healthy Luis Severino. I I absolutely expect him. Um, to be to be out there longer to to put up more than 104 innings because that's just that's he he came back last year felt great uh, was talking about how good he felt so I I have expectations that that he's going to continue that and and 104 innings means there's an injury that's not like kid gloves yeah but that's, that's just based on where they put him in the bullpen that's based on the fact that he has thrown like 20 innings since since 2020 like. He hasn't thrown any time. He's missed so much time in the past three seasons. That's what that's based on. Yeah, but but that just means that is not that you can't. How do, I don't understand how you base it on that because you're basing it on a full season, right? Isn't that what this is for? If you're basing it on a full season, you're saying that this guy's not going to be playing because of injury or or he's just not pitching well enough and he's getting um, and he's not throwing a lot of innings or he's regulated to the. Uh, the bullpen at some point, like these, so, there's something fishy about the way that those zips projections are I, on Severino to me. I'm actually, yeah, I do have questions about the pitching ones because it, the position player ones seemingly are like based on if he gets full playing time. The pitching ones obviously are not on full time because for Severino, as you just said, that's not a full season of starting. So maybe it's saying he. I don't know. Do they anticipate exactly. injury within the zips projection? They, they must. I mean his. I mean, if we look at the performance though in those 104 innings, it's 3.6 FIP, two WAR. It's not bad. Yeah. That, so something. Something. So is he a bullpen guy then? Is that? Is that? Does he become a bullpen guy? Because obviously they have to have a full season for someone in the bullpen. Uh, is is very different, obviously, than a, a guy who's in the rotation. So, you know, we even have Nestor's got 140 innings on these. Montas has 140, which would be, you know pretty pretty low odds i'd say for him to get to that point and then you see severino trailing at the back with 104 and who's close herman's at 98 so so basically they got herman and, and severino, severino within a start of each other yeah but like or just like splitting splitting start time <laughs> yeah i i but that doesn't that doesn't line up 
that no. doesn't line up with with how many did they have for um for uh for who I'm I'm reading it and trying to think at the same time, which is not working for Rodone 160, Garrett Cole 177 for the starters. Yeah. Nestor 139. Yeah, some of the numbers don't totally add up to me as far as like where are the rest of the innings coming from, I guess, in the starting side. Yeah. Well, a couple of interesting Chad notes. Green, who I forgot about. Yeah, but it's he's hurt. Didn't didn't he have 56 innings pitched? This is what the zips zips got him at 56 innings pitched. It's not happening. Oh, he is. It's happening. He's not even Zips. on the team. Zip said it is. I think it's who was on the team last year because Raldis Chapman's on here too, and he's not pitching. He's Raldis Chapman. Pitching how many innings? He's got Raldis Chapman. Forty-two innings. What's the uh, what's the what's the walk percentage for Raldis Chapman? Fourteen point three. That's an improvement. Ninety-one percent walk rate. Yeah, he's going to uh, be awesome on the Marlins. Clay Holmes' walk rate ten point three percent. That's pretty bad if you're a closer. So they're expecting him to to stay. Uh, on the second half of the season numbers rather than the first half. Well, not quite as bad as the second half season because I think he had like a five walk per nine innings in the second half of the season last year. But they're splitting the difference, it would seem. Yeah. Yeah, there's some, there's definitely some interesting ones on here. Still a little sketchy if you're the closer. All right, a couple more notes before we wrap up. Glaber, I think you, did you already mention this, that there's still not agreement on arbitration on Glaber? He filed at 10.2 mil. Yankees filed at 9.7 and original projected was 9.8. Probably going to... I doubt this goes to a hearing. They'll agree on something in, in the middle, it would seem. Yeah, he's the only guy that they didn't settle uh, with as well, so we're, we're definitely... They're not very far off. It seems like they'll they'll find something. Um, and or more speculation on uh, Gleyber Torres being traded, which I still think is a real possibility. Mm. I think it's a real possibility. What does a real possibility mean? Like, what percent chance? I don't know. You, you and your damn percentages with this. I, I give it a 50-50 shot. Like to me, he's 50, on, he's 50? on the, yeah. Cause I think he's being talked about. I think he's being talked about. I think Cashman is using high 50, 50 is high. If a trade were to happen, I, I, I could see him being. Oh, so let me get this straight. If, if Glaber were to be traded, then that means he would be traded. Got it. If a trade 50, were 50. to happen, 50, 50, 50, 50, I put it like 10%. It's higher than that. 11. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I didn't but know how long. Real, real quick on, on the comps, going back to Zips for one more second. So, because I want to talk about this guy a little bit. Um, there was an article in Fangraphs about Harrison Bader and how their uh, Brian Cashman should be looking at an extension for him, not going into kind of a lame duck or a free agent year uh, next year. He's got one more year, right? Like this is his he's, last. This is his last year after twenty three. Yep. Yeah. So this is uh, looking at this guy being you know projected as. They they have him when you look at what he is defensively, and I and I know one of the comps in zips for his off offense, which is interesting, is is Kevin Kiermeyer. He also have Deion Sanders and Dwight Smith. Nice. Some pretty interesting comps there. The the Kevin Kiermeyer comp is is to me a fantastic one because defensively, you know, this is not taking defense into consideration. This is an offensive comp, but defensively, also pretty damn close on the comp. Kiermaier has put together, you know, some some good seasons, but the the majority when you look at the war for a player like Kiermaier, you're defense. seeing it it on the defensive side. You know, he's mm-hmm. a he's a guy that is a is a significant difference maker in the outfield. And that's exactly what Bader is. So, I think that um there is an opportunity right now before this season because I I, I 
we're not getting into bold predictions yet, but I think Harrison Bader is going to have a very good year, especially if they put him in that leadoff spot uh, ahead of ahead of some of these uh, these big bats. But I think it is a good year, uh, and and right now they should be looking at extending uh, extending Harrison Bader because I, after the trade that they made for him, they can't just say okay he's a he's a one year guy. You know they gave up a, a a good starting pitcher for him and one that did not work out in, at the trade. Uh, it ended up working out for for the Yankees because Bader was fantastic when he came in and was good in the playoffs. Um, but this is a guy that that just fits his team well. Obviously, a local local uh, dude, um, the Bronxville Bomber, which is a fantastic uh, uh, nickname. This is this is a guy that they should absolutely look to extend. I think you make him prove it. I think that you obviously want him to have a good year, and you make him go out and prove it. And then if you have to pay more in free agency to re- retain him, then fine. But I think the Chances are he's going to have a average-ish, maybe a little above average season with the good defense, and you're not going to be paying that much more in free agency for him than you're going to be extending him for. If he goes out and puts up a, a 125 OPS plus season, kudos to you, dude. You pulled the judge, and I guess we're going to have to pay you if we want to keep you. But I don't. But think they that's won't pay happen. him. They're not going to pay that guy. That's the thing. Then that's let him why. walk. I don't think they value. I don't think there's enough value in in extending Bader at this point. Uh, to to do that early. Uh, I, I, I definitely think there is. I think that because of the plus defense, he's a better defender uh, than than Aaron Hicks. I mean, we go back to look at that Aaron Hicks contract. Aaron Hicks I, is not a good defender anymore. One of the I know, but one of the guys was talking, uh, Ilya or Logan, I forget who, which one of you guys was like, that, that's the scary part. Like, that's the scary one when well, you what look if, at extensions for an outfielder. Obviously, because it's the most recent one and it didn't work out. Right. Um, a guy like Bader, to me, translates much, much cleaner as a defensive center fielder. Uh, that has offensive upside. So, but you do have you guys in the minor in multiple, leagues, and you don't have a left fielder. So it doesn't having a guy like that under contract is a good thing. You've got guys in the minor leagues, Dominguez, and, and the other prospects we talked about last week that maybe they develop and they can take over in center field or in left field next year, or not yeah. next year in twenty twenty four. I mean. 2024. There's a couple. Uh, Pereira is another guy. I don't know if he he's really going to translate into a center fielder, but they're um, they do have some some bats there. I just when you're looking at Bader, looking at I want to see Cashman be more aggressive with some of these some of these guys. You know, looking at the the way that the Braves have handled. When's some the of their last business. time an extension for Cashman worked out? There are new people in his ear right now. There are two significant Didn't work out new with people Luis in his ear. Didn't work out with Luis Severino. Hold on, hold on. Didn't there work are two out with people in his ear that have much better track records uh, with the Giants. Omar Minaya is another uh, a guy that that has had success in developing players and, and identifying talent. I think there are people in his ear now. We can't look at what precedent is for Brian Cashman. We need to look forward and say, how do you improve things like this? And to me, a guy like Bader translates to be a guy that can have sustained success. And if you're getting in, if you're getting him before. Uh, a season like this, and if they're projecting him to be the starting center fielder in front of Aaron Judge and and John Carlos Stanton and Anthony Rizzo, there's a significant chance that this guy's going to have a, a good year and a, and a plus offensive year. So, what are you looking at? What kind of contract? That's a good question. Uh, I would need some comps here. Looking four, at four years, forty eight million or something like that. Yeah, I think I saw four, four for sixty at one point, and that was in the wow. Fangraphs four for fifty eight, yeah. four for fifty. Fine, that's that's fine. Ten ten to thirteen million a year. Yeah. Four for sixty would be a lot, in my opinion. Four for sixty is fifteen. That's too much, probably. It's too much for what he's done. I mean, if he for sure, if he goes out and proves it, then you're paying more than that. Fine, but they four for sixty is an overpayment. At How this old point. is he? 
Bader? 27? I'm just wondering because if, if you would even look at if there's a four-year deal, when does he get back on the free agent market? Because if if you're if you're looking at um, he's two, he's 28 now, or 28. he just had his 28th season, and yep. his birthday is in either way July. 31, 32. You're looking at uh, you know center fielder at 32 oh, that years was his old debut. Still an opportunity. Birthday still an opportunity June. to get another contract. June 3rd birthday. What are you? June 6th, 5th, 5th. Um, so yeah, no, you're not probably not getting another contract after four years as a defensive first outfielder at 34 years old. Yeah, it'll be, it, it depends on how his offense goes. If he, if he can, if he can, uh, oh, Starling Marte got, but Starling Marte four for 78 last year, M- much, much more, much more tape on, yeah. on the offensive side. I would say it's like, he's a, he's a guy that is, is, uh, Harrison Bader has been a league average offensive hitter. Okay? League average and it over 537 games in his career. Yes, he had a great postseason, but he has proven nothing offensively to warrant a big contract extension. I'm not even saying he needs a big contract. I think you can get him at a value right now and I think they should make an attempt for that. This is the opportunity to get a value on a guy like that. His OPS plus is 97. That is park adjusted. Okay? It's he's been Adjust for Aaron Judge hitting in front of you, please, or behind you. Adjust for that. And the mouth guard. Right, right. Okay. Well, the There's mouth guard helps him breathe better. And being home. It's okay, not a so mouth now guard. now we're adding actually. points. We're adding points. We're adding points. It's not a mouth guard? No, we got a we got a DM from the people who make it at, last year at one point. And it's, it has something to do. It's like puts his tongue in a position where it helps him breathe much better. So it's it's it it just it, it enhances it's a, his performance. So what's it called? I don't know. A, a, a breather? It's a yeah breathing tube. It looks like a mouth guard, but it's some kind of a uh, uh, improvement. You, you know, remember when Brian Roberts wore those like orange tinted contacts that made him see the ball better? Basically cheating. Yeah, yeah. This could be one of those. It, well, as long as it doesn't enter your body. So his career on the road, because the guys were in the chat bringing up. Bush Stadium is a pitcher's park, and that's where he's hit. His career on the road, 807 OPS, 122 OPS plus, which is really good. If he's a one, if he's that for the Yankees this year, then yeah, you're extend him. You're going to be paying a lot for a guy that can play elite defense and also be that offensively. But I think I, if I were Brian Cashman, I would need to, I would make him prove it before I do that. I just don't think they went out to get this guy for giving up a Jordan Montgomery at the time they did for saying like this is a one year guy. I know. I, 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 know. I have a, my gut is telling me that they one I know that they like the guy a lot and and if you're going if you have him in the building you should attempt to extend him if you like the player you should it's good business you should do that yeah it's good business if if he's the right player you don't just do it because you gave up Jordan Montgomery for him but the reason you gave up Jordan Montgomery is because you believe he's the right player. We could go round and round here. <laughs> All right, a couple more bits of news before we wrap it up. Yankees signed outfielder Brandon uh, Maya in the international signing period. He was the number nine overall prospect in the draft. Ended up getting... According four- to MLB. MLB. Fangraphs had him at number two. Oh, that's that's interesting. I didn't see that note. Okay. Um, well, Gary Sheffield comp with the, uh, the violence of the swing. Ugh. You just don't like Gary Sheffield. No, I don't like Gary I Sheffield. I like Gary Sheffield as an offensive player, though. 
He was a hell. Yeah. He was he was one of the scary. Actually, Gary Sheffield, top three scariest players uh, offensively. Him and Manny Ramirez are like the two people that I think of, and Vlad Guerrero are the three people I think of immediately from that era. Interesting. More than like Barry Bonds. We, I, the Yankees just didn't play against Barry Bonds. Or so, but often. the Yankees didn't really play Gary Sheffield because he was in the National League until he was a Yankee. Yeah, I don't know why you got to ruin my uh, what what I'm saying, but uh, Barry Bonds is is clearly the most. But they just never pitched him. Like the, you didn't mention he's David a, he's Ortiz. On a different category. David different Ortiz level. murdered the Yankees for 15 straight years. Yeah, sort of Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez yeah. still scares the shit out of me. Manny definitely on the list. Absolutely. Ortiz for whatever reason, I'd choose if you had a you put a gun to my head to pitch to Manny Ramirez or David Ortiz, I would pick David Ortiz. Oof. That's, that's a tough. That's a tough. That's decision. a tough decision, man. <laughs> that is a tough decision. Who's pitching? Is it a uh, ninth inning Mariano Rivera on the mound? Oh well, no, because then you pick anybody. But it, no, because then you pick Ortiz. Because okay, no, Rivera no, you just got to be your best. No, it's got to be your best matchup. Your best matchup for for Ortiz. Your best matchup for for Manny. That's God, it. the Yankees I think, didn't I think have a matchup. Ortiz was for... more susceptible. Manny was just a, a freak. Manny didn't have a good. There was no good matchup for Manny. You're never like, oh, this pitcher's got it against me. No, no. But Mike Myers was kryptonite for David Ortiz at times. Uh, he also gave up at some, times some ding dongs. There was him. no one you could bring in for Manny Ramirez and feel good about it. No. Um, all right. Anything else you want to touch on? World Baseball Classic? Higgy? Nestor? Team USA? I'm into it. When does that start? Sometime in March. March, yeah. That's going to be fun. It's gonna be. A, I would. I would absolutely love to go to one of those games. That would be a lot. Of They're fun. doing them like in Florida, in San Diego, right? They're doing them. Is that where the are they all in the like U.S.? All? Uh, I would. Um, no, until I'm sure the finals. The finals are all in the U.S. I would imagine. I don't know. They. They. I know they have different locations. They're gonna do for, the regionals, right? Because like Mexico, Canada. All of those Dominican, like those countries, Puerto Rico will all play the U.S. probably in U.S. stadiums, and then the Asia Pacific teams will play probably in Japan stadiums until the mm-hmm. finals, and then come over to play in the U.S. Because Major League Baseball players aren't going to go travel to Japan on March nineteenth for for a World Baseball Classic. No, uh, especially not Nestor, please. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to Athletic Greens for sponsoring. Again, go to uh, athleticgreens.com slash pinstripes. You can follow us at Bronx Pinstripes on Twitter, at Yankees Podcast on Twitter. Scott, anything else you want to say? That's it. One month, baby. We countdown, uh, countdown can officially begin, I think, when you get into a month. So this is when you start seeing all of the the 97, um, 97 Instagram accounts that are putting up people's numbers with the amount of days that are left until right. spring trade. Can't wait. Talk to you guys next week. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.